Hello and welcome everyone to the Logos Podcast, a podcast about Islam. Each week we will explore the origin of Islam and the life of Prophet Muhammad from a critical and reasonable point of view. Why the name Logos? Way back, Aristotle used three terms to explain how rhetoric works, known as modes for persuasion, otherwise known as rhetorical appeals, are known by the names of ethos, pathos, and logos. They are means of persuading others to believe a particular point of view. They are often used in speech writing and advertising to sway the audience. Logos in particular is an appeal to logic or is a way of persuading an audience with reason using facts and figures and this is how we're gonna do it in this podcast now i'm your host lucifer stay tuned Thanks for listening to the Logos Podcast. Be sure to visit logosmat.blogspot.com Matt, that's M with double A-T to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Logos Podcast, a podcast about Islam. Each week we will explore the origin of Islam and the life of Prophet Muhammad from a critical and reasonable point of view. Why the name Logos? Way back, Aristotle used three terms to explain how rhetoric works, known as modes for persuasion, otherwise known as rhetorical appeals, are known by the names of ethos, pathos, and logos. They are means of persuading others to believe a particular point of view. They are often used in speech writing and advertising to sway the audience. Logos in particular is an appeal to logic or is a way of persuading an audience with reason using facts and figures and this is how we're gonna do it in this podcast now i'm your host lucifer stay tuned Before the advent of Islam, the Arabian Peninsula was living in a nomadic environment in a tribal system. This era 
is called the era of Jahiliyyah or the era of ignorance by Islam, where they considered polytheism to be ignorant because Islam was not among them. It's the strange base that has no logic. For instance, before Islam, they had nobility, generosity, lowering the gaze, equestrianism, poetizing, commitment to sacred months, and acceptance of others, and lack of religious fanaticism. And they were Jews living among the Arabs as Arabs. And they were proud that they have number of prophets and sacred books having sent, in addition to a small number of Christians and many other religions such as Sabians, Zoroastrianism, and others. In his book, The Beginning of the Light, Mr. Abbas al said that the Jews boast about the adventures of their ancient prophets and their previous estate established by King David. And the stories that follow the dream that fondled the imagination of the rich Arabs and their gentle folk, to the extent that many of them dreaming about unifying and ruling these scattered tribes under one state. Besides, the Arabian Peninsula has witnessed in various regions attempts to unify the tribes politically, either through political alliances or by subjugating one tribe to another by force or alliance between tribes belonging to one ancestor. In addition to other attempts, directly took the form of possession, as attempts Zuhair al-Janabi, the leader of the Qudar tribe to declare himself as the king of Bakr and Taglib tribes, which is mentioned by Ibn al-Atir in his book, Full in History. He also mentioned the establishment of kingdoms in previous times, such as the kingdom of Al-Hira and Gassasina, but the Arabs did not accept that an individual has control over them, that is the rule of a clan or a tribe over the rest of them, which is rejected by the tribal pride. While most Arab kingdoms were under foreign occupation, Yemen lost its independence since the first quarter of the 6th century AD and fell under the rule of the Ahbash and Persians, and the kingdom of Hira lost independence and turned to an emirate ruled by the prince of Persia, and the condition of the kingdom of Gassania deteriorated after the abandonment of the Romans. The area of the Hejaz, with its two leading cities, Mecca and Yathrib, enjoyed independence and stability due to its geographical position from rough roads and harshness of life resulted in keeping them far from the international conflict and influenced by any foreign civilization. However, this situation deprived the Hejaz of intellectual richness. In the face of these obvious tribal and intellectual obstacles, due to the nature of the region. People wish for a prophet like David, and this idea spread among the Arabs so quickly to speed up the arrival of the awaited prophet. And the people believed in this idea and accepted it, and they were preparing for this great coming prophet to be one of them. The irony is that not many years go by until the Arabian Peninsula is one state united by the power of the Zord.
after Muhammad bin Abdullah announces what the people wish for, the coming of a prophet who unites them. He took the opportunity to declare himself a prophet that preceded by more than 13 people claimed prophecy but did not catch up with luck and write to them success. And because Mecca was an important center in the way of trade between the north and the south and between the east and west, the nomads have set places for rest and recreation along the way. As mentioned Dr. Ahmed Shalabi in his book, The Biography of the Prophet, Mecca turned from mere station on the path of commerce claiming taxes to a commercial metropolis where a class of merchants appeared. This is pointed out by Professor Ahmed Amin in his book, The Dawn of Islam. He said that the Yemenis declined and were re replaced in the trade by the Arab of Hejaz. This was since the beginning of the 6th century AD. The Arab of Hejaz bought goods with Yemenis and Abyssinians and sold them in the markets of the Levant and Egypt and also in Persia but not as much because the trade with the Persians was in the hands of the Arabs of Hewa and the Arabs of the Hejaz made Mecca a base for their trade and put the road under their protection. In an affirmation of the words of Professor Ahmed Amin, the historical narratives have gathered on the fact that the king of Yemen early on led a campaign to control Mecca and Yathrib. He also had wars with the Aws and Khazwaj, and furthermore, he attempted to demolish the Kaaba. However, he was prevented by the Jewish rabbis. The novels also reported a number of attempts by the kings of Hemir to extend their control and influence over the Arabian Peninsula in addition to the famous elephant campaign on Mecca. In the last quarter of the 6th century, the tribal divisions were rupturing Yathrib apart. Quraysh was not innocent of what is happening in Yathrib. In fact, they made an alliance with Aus against the Khazwaj in a previous war, which explains what will happen later when the people of Yathrib led by Khazwaj allied themselves with the Prophet Muhammad against Quraysh, which shows that this alliance was built on political reasons, not religious. And because Mecca was keeping its promises, covenants, protecting the trade and securing the trade routes. As a result, Mecca experienced general Arab respect and eligibility for leadership, and its people gained great wealth. As Dr. Ahmed Ash-Sharif says in his book, Mecca, the city of ignorance and the era of the apostle, that Mecca has become worthy to be the nucleus in the establishment of an Arab nationalism and Quraysh assured this notion and worked to support it and made sure to keep it going. It is clear from the analysis of the previous events that Mecca was ready for leadership and was looking for this prophet or the expected leader to achieve its dream of leading the Arab region and the idea of leadership and prophecy has become the subject of many men of Mecca because of the appropriate environment.
Thanks for listening to the Logos podcast. Be sure to visit logosmat.blogspot.com. Matt, that's M with double A-T. To join the conversation, access the show notes and discover more.